morning, good morning, good morning, church family. Another day we are operating from a remote location. Let's pray for the offering. Let's pray for today's word. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. Even though we didn't meet in person today, Father, because of the road conditions, there's always um, a, a, a struggle in my heart and mind whether we um, are not meeting together in person because it is so important for the gathering of the saints, Father. But there is still um, technology that you have provided, and technology is, is a neutral thing, and it can be used for good. And this is one of the ways that it is certainly used for good, that we can still gather. We can still hear your word, Lord. So first, we want to pray for those that are giving financially, Lord, uh, either through the app or online, or will be giving um, next week. And we ask that you would continue to uh, do a work in the finances of the church, that it would be stretched and that it would be for your glory, for your kingdom's sake, Lord. We thank you for that. We also lift up today's word, Father, um, that is coming from your gospel, the book of Mark. And we ask that you would uh, touch uh, the speaker this morning, Father. Use me, Father, uh, to speak your truth, words of life, words that when we hear, we are fed our daily bread. Um, Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the, the mouth of God. And we want to hear from you, O oh Lord. So uh, would you uh, help us to have uh, attentive ears, Lord? Um, that here, uh, that would you open our eyes, Lord? Would you do a work in our hearts, Father? So as we receive um, your words of truth and life, Father, that it would do something inside of us. We present ourselves to you and say, have your way, Lord. Um, touch us this day. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are in Mark chapter 1 and we're going to uh, start reading at verse 39 to the end of the chapter, which is verse 45. Uh, but before we, while you're turning uh, to your Bibles there, I always think about um, cleaning. And, and, and we're going to talk about the, the name of today's sermon is Real Clean. And one of the things that I recognize is that when I'm using uh, certain uh, chemicals, uh, maybe I'm painting or, or maybe I'm using uh, uh, some tools and, and my hands get greasy and then I go and, and try to wash them. If I just use water, uh, it, it, it doesn't come clean. Uh, I use soap at times, depending on uh, what I was working with, uh, you will still see things on your hands and your nails and you, you're cleaning them, you're scrubbing them and you're trying to get them so clean. And, and at times, it may take uh, quite a few washings to get uh, them clean. And one of the things that we know is when we clean something, it gets dirty again. Uh, one of the things that I find crazy is that with the high efficiency washing machines that we have these days, uh, it uses less water. For some kind of reason, you have to put other things in there for your clothes to uh, come out clean or to smell fresh. So if you just put 
a laundry detergent and let it mix with the water. That, that freshness that you're normally smelling when you uh, smell your clothes. And this is not quite right. And, and you got to go through all of these things. And, and as I thought about that, I was thinking about what God does when he makes us clean. And this story is about Jesus um, cleaning a leper. And let's get into it, and, 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 and it'll start to unfold for us. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 39, says this. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him on his knees, begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched them. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer what Moses commanded for your cleaning as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the results that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he was out in desert and deserted places, and they came to him from everywhere. Hmm. It's a very interesting story. A whole lot of things going on and details that I, I want us to pick up from this story. The, the first thing um, was this person as Jesus if you are willing. Um, one of the things that happened with a leper was uh, they were not supposed to be touched. They were not supposed to come in contact with other people. Uh, there was uh, the law that kept them quarantined. Any unclean person had to be quarantined which is crazy because at one time we could not imagine what that meant to be quarantined, to be isolated, to say, hey, you have something, stay away from everyone else. But uh, I think now we all understand what that means. But Jesus, because there was no risk of him being Infected, he's he's God. Um, he was he chose to break the letter of the law because um, he wanted to fulfill the spirit of the law. People were not supposed to touch lepers because um, the, the disease would spread. But when it came to Jesus, there was um, no way that he would be able to spread any disease. All he could do was spread the cure. Um, 
these people that had leprosy, uh, leprosy is a wide term uh, used in, in the Bible for any uh, disorder of the skin. But uh, there is a form of leprosy where there is a slow-growing bacteria that um, grows under the surface of the skin. And it starts to damage nerves um, close to the surface of the, sin, the skin. And the first sign of being infected with this disease would be discoloration and patches on um, the body. And over time, what would take place is the body would lose sensation. It would, it would become numb. It would not be able uh, to feel um, touch. If anything happened in that space, um, there would be no nerves that would activate uh, and, and communicate to the brain that something there was happening. And if it left, was left untreated, that nerve damage would spread throughout the body and lacking sensation first in the hands and then the feet, what would happen is a person could easily injure themselves, right? If you don't know uh, that your hand is over fire because you don't feel it, uh, it would burn without uh, that you, you acknowledging it unless you saw it. And um, it would also lead to ulcers and it would have uh, an infection that would permanently disable people. So many people that uh, had this form of leprosy would become paralyzed in, in their muscles and some would have a drop foot and clawed fingers. And it would be very difficult for these people to, to walk and to use their their hands and this condition would even damage nerves in their face. It would even cause their eyelids uh, muscles to stop working. And once that happened, uh, one of the things that we do automatically without even knowing is we blink. And, and blinking uh, protects the eyes and lubricates the eyes. And when that started to happen, they could lose their sight um, and even become blind. Now, I, I laid all of that out for us to think about what that must have looked like. Um, for us to think about uh, the way that would be viewed. But even for that person, how they would um, not be able to function properly. They, they would start to, to break down, right? Even things would sometimes break off and uh, what that's like. And, and then we're going to, to take that illustration, that picture, and recognize how it compares to other things in life that, that we need to be cleaned of. It says in Leviticus um, 13, starting at verse 45, the person who has a case of serious skin disease is to have his clothes torn and his hair hanging loose, and he must cover his mouth, <laughs> kind of like a mask, and cry out 
unclean, unclean. He will remain unclean. As long as he has the disease, he is unclean. So not only would he have to yell out unclean, um, imagine you having to present to the world, this is, this is what I am, I'm unclean. And, and they would be able to physically see that as well. And then the scripture ends with, he must live alone in a place outside of the camp. So you're going through this in your body. Um, you're going through this in your heart and mind. And then you're isolated and you have to live alone outside of the camp of everyone else. Touching anything unclean and the Levitical law would defile a person. So everyone had to stay away or they would be considered defiled. Regulations um, govern um, those suffering from leprosy required them to keep a distance so they wouldn't affect others. But we see this man violated that law and he came right up to Jesus. He needed help. He was desperate. And although um, Jesus was not supposed to touch him, that's not what look, took place. Leprosy was something that was a disease that separated people. They separated from society. They were considered ceremonially unclean. So that not only meant that they had to stay away from people, but they were unable to go to the temple and worship. The temple is where God showed his manifest glory. This is where he showed his presence. This is where people came to go and seek God's face and hear God's word and be around God's people. If you think about that, it was the center of all um, Jewish life. The synagogue, the temple was that place. And you were not permitted to be there and considered pretty much unworthy. Some with leprosy receive leprosy as a punishment um, for sin. So there was a stigma that also went along with this disease. Like, wow. Just, just think about all the different components of that. One of the things that um, we recognize is that sin, in many ways, does the same thing. It has the same effect. It separates us from people. It separates us from God. It, it, it starts to destroy us. When we um, think about this, and, and even that uh, uh, 
It was the priests that would deem a person spiritually clean or unclean, meaning unworthy to worship. So when we think about this story, and we hear the fact that Jesus blessed the leper. If we read the text again, it said that Jesus went into Galilee preaching in the synagogues. And then, and he was casting out, driving out demons. And then there was a man with, with leprosy. So in one sense, we see Jesus in the midst of what we would call church for that day. But then we also see Jesus touching the outcast, the sinner, the one that's pushed aside, the one that's called unworthy, the one that's not supposed to be in the presence of God and the presence of God's people, the one that's isolated, the one that's falling apart, the one that's sick, the one that's hurting, the one that's claiming on themselves, I am unclean. Wow. One of the important things about us being in church together is because we meet there to worship God, to hear God's word. But not everyone finds themselves in the church. Thank God that he will meet the one that's out there. Each one of us at some time was out there. And he came. He was willing to touch what was unclean. Are you willing? He said, I am willing. Wow. Uh, when I think about that of myself, it um it's a really, really big, big deal. So as um I was reading through this text. And recognizing that Jesus made himself available both in the temple and to the outcasts. I looked at the way that this man approached him. He approached him on his knees and he begged him. Right? We... we we, when we came to Jesus, came in a posture of humility. Came at the point where we recognized, I need you. There's something that I need done that I can't do myself. Um, I've suffered the disease of sin my whole life. This man suffered in a way where it was progressively getting worse, and it was going to kill him. In the same way, we come to that place where we suffer long enough, 
we need relief. And he came in a posture of humility. And he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He didn't yell out to Jesus, move over, don't come near me. You will be defiled if you touch me. But he approached and came close and he begged. Make me clean if you are willing. That leper came to Jesus because he must have heard about him. And he did not question Jesus' power. And even his willingness, it was in the way that he asked a question. I know you can do this. Will you? I don't, I don't believe it was like him questioning Jesus' willingness as much as it was a petition. Um, I'm asking you to do this. And it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. The man's miserable state caused Jesus to respond in mercy. That's where we were. That man's state caused Jesus to respond in mercy. And it says Jesus reached out his hand and he touched them. Now we know that Jesus does not need to touch another to heal them. We've seen someone come to Jesus, serving a sick. He said, um... I don't need to come to your house. My word sent will restore that person. Jesus touching the man showed his tenderness. You think about this. When was the last time that man was touched physically? Hmm. That touch meant something. It revealed his love and compassion over and above ritual and regulation. It also showed um, his power. It showed his power because Jesus is the only one who can touch the unclean and not be dirty himself. It, it could not defile him. It could not contaminate him. But when Jesus touches something, it's purified. He cleans what nothing else can we could have tried and tried and tried to clean ourselves all we want through willpower, through self-help books, through different practices, through decisions we were going to make. It was only Jesus that could touch us. Same with this man. There was no doctor he could have gone to. There was no known cure at that time. 
There was no amount of money he could have paid. There was no remedy. There was one and only one that he can go to to receive his healing, to become clean. That was the same for you and I, saints. It also showed that him doing that, that the law was about to change. We're not going to operate the way we used to. Those that were outcasts, those that were not part of the promise, those that could not go into the temple, those are the ones that now could come close. Wow. And it went on to say, Jesus said, I am willing. There's one cure for the leprosy of the soul. And that is the cleansing power of the blood. Jesus says, I am willing. So he told him, be made clean. Guess how quick that guy was cleaned. It says, immediately. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. When God does a work in our hearts, saints, that quick, it's done. As he speaks it, it is done. What a comfort to know that God can change something immediately. This person's condition changed a split second. When he snatched us out of darkness, when he brought us into the kingdom of his son, it was immediate. So then we think, what about things that don't change, excuse me, as fast? That is not because it can't be done. Because God has taken us through a process. It's because he is allowing us to go through things for our good, for his glory, to, to, to make a change in us, for us to trust him, for us to go through whatever he allows us to go through because he's doing something in it. It's not because he's not willing. It's not because he can't. But he's doing something greater. And we have to trust and believe that. The story goes on. And it says, Then he sternly warned, them, warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say, Hope it is a little, uh, a little smaller than regular. See that you say nothing to anyone but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commands for your cleaning as a testimony to them. Why did Jesus say, tell no one? In the verses before this, Jesus uh, had done some things and, and, and the crowds were, and he was doing miracles and the crowds were, were getting bigger and, and 
His disciples wanted him to continue to do that. Jesus made it real clear. I must go preach the gospel. In other words, I came for a much deeper healing. I can heal physically. I can cast out demons. I can heal people in their minds. But I've come to take away sin. To destroy the works of the devil. I've come to make you clean. Through the word. I've come to preach the words of life. The gospel. All these other things are okay. They're good. They're temporal. I've come to do a much greater work. But then... As it is now, people want to see the acts of God over hearing the word of God. People want to see God move in these miraculous ways over hearing the word of God, over knowing God for who he is. There is a shallowness in following God based only on the benefits that he provides on this side of eternity. Then, as it is now, there was a lack of appetite for the word of God. We're going to know God by his word. When we're looking for all these signs and wonders, for him to perform certain things, we need to question our motivations. Jesus said to the crowds many a times, you're not following me for the right reason. It wasn't based on knowing him, hearing these words of life for many. It was because he fed them. Is because he, they saw these miracles. Watch out for that, saints. There's so much more. It is so much greater to know the living God. Listen, God in his providential care, God in his sovereignty, his will will be done. God can move. In the natural, God can move in the supernatural. He did it then. He does it now. He moves the way he wants to move. For us, the heart cry, our desire has to be, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. After this man was healed, immediately God told him something. Go to the priest. Give what you're supposed to give because there was a Levitical law. Once you were clean, this is the way you sacrifice. This is what you do. And, and, and show them um, that you were made clean because it was going to say something to them about who Jesus was, even in touching this man. 
and don't tell anyone. Immediately after being changed, where this process was going to bring him back into society, not only was he going to be healed in body, he no longer would have to yell, unclean. He no longer would have had to hear, wear his hair long, cover his face, tear his clothes. But he would be an active member in society, being able to go to the temple, be with the people, make a living, not be an outcast. Often God does a, a work in our heart. We get to a place where he has brought us into his kingdom. Now he tells us, walk in obedience. This man immediately went. When he was told, don't tell anyone, he went and told everyone. Often, after we are healed, Jesus tells us, go tell everyone and many of us. Tell no one. He tells us, proclaim it from the mountaintop. We're lukewarm. Our faith is personal. That's not what he calls us to do. It's the same level of disobedience when that guy went and did what Jesus told him not to do. And Jesus tells us what to do, how we live in our lives. Does it have eternal value? Are we proclaiming his name on the mountaintops? I'm clean. I've been healed from spiritual leprosy. Remember the description that I gave you about that man. Your sin and my sin and the sin of the world is uglier than that. Are we proclaiming where our healing came from? It says, yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly but he was out in deserted places, and it came to him from everywhere. Wow. Jesus told him that for a reason. And because of what that man did, Jesus was no longer openly in town, but had to go outside in deserted places. But then people still came to him. So although... God has dominion over everything. He knew what the man was going to do. But after his healing, after he was clean, he had an opportunity for obedience. So either as a believer, you are working for the kingdom, what God has called you to do, walking in step the Spirit in obedience, or you're not.
this guy, healed from leprosy, didn't walk in obedience. Couple of things I read in an article about leprosy and how we can picture it, what leprosy is physically, and what sin is spiritually. They both are an inward disease. Even though leprosy was shown on the outside of the body, the real cause was lying beneath the skin, beneath the surface. The sores and the other problems were only symptoms of the disease. The real cause ran so much deeper in the same way when we see the symptoms of sin in society and our families and our own lives so often we want to attack that symptom whether it's in the government whether it's in our own lives whether it's in our marriage there is a deeper issue it's inward it's on the inside the approach has to be to the root of the problem which is the heart when it comes to sin there was no ointment that could be put on that leprosy there was nothing that you were going to be able to cover up that it was going to heal itself no no, no. it was something much deeper than that leprosy like sin leads to death it could be felt it became uncomfortable. It started to grow. It started to overtake everything. It, it, it created wounds that couldn't be healed. Um, all kinds of aches. And then it turned into numbness. And then parts started getting damaged. And eventually, the pain... And the flesh, and the inside, and the outside was just going to self-destruct to the point of death. Sin is the same way. See, the you come to the one that says, I am willing to make you clean and allow him to do that work. Or you're going to continue to walk in the path that's going to lead to death. Leprosy like sin separates. We read everything that a leper had to do once they were found with that condition. It separated them from worshiping in the temple, from being around society and people sin does the same thing separates us from the holy god creator of the universe he cannot be in the presence of sin 
but then on a lesser level, but still a painful level, tears relationships. Sin starts to manifest itself, and first it attacks you, and then it attacks those around you. Severs marriages, relationships with children, relationships with parents, relationships with friends. Lose jobs and opportunities and schooling and, and all of those things because it does not affect one area. It might start that way. Just a little thing right here. It seems to only affect this little area in life, but it grows. And when not dealt with, it consumes everything and it destroys everything. There's one that can touch that. There's one that says, I'm willing to make you clean. Lepers, just like sinners, cannot cure themselves. There was no natural remedy, no exercise program, no diet, nothing a person could do to heal leprosy. There was no ointment that they could put on, no bandage that they could have, no person that they could go to, only the person of Jesus. Sends the same way. It's only through Jesus. And for the believer, often we've recognized we need Jesus and we come to him initially and we're saved. He does a work. And at times we forget. No, no, no. The cross is not only for us to initially come to God through the work of our Savior and what he did by shedding his blood for our sins. But it's something we return to again and again and again and again and again. We need his grace and mercy daily in our lives. We need to recognize what was done on the cross always because it is what does a work in us continually. And we need to keep coming back to that place. Jesus can heal the leper. Jesus can save sinners. And Jesus maintains his church, his people, you and I, through that power of washing us with his blood that we would be white as snow and made clean. What does it mean to be clean? To be clean means everything. To be washed in the blood of Jesus means everything. For the leper, it meant wholeness in his body. For the spiritual leper, it means life. It means healing. 
It means relief from the disease of sin. It means we don't have to walk in guilt anymore. It means we don't have to walk in isolation anymore. It means we are forgiven. It means that we are no longer spiritually corrupt. It means we stand justified before the almighty God and we have access to him. So the question is, Jesus, are you willing? And his answer is, yes, willing. He's willing. He's able. He's available for every situation in, his life, in our lives. He was there in the synagogue. He was there for the outcasts. Couple of verses before he was there, one of the disciples' mothers who was sick. He's there for the small things, he's there for the big things. He's there to clean up all of our situations as he's cleaned us up. We want to thank God for that, and we need that daily. One last thing I want to say before we close. So many, so many of us are washed in the blood of the Lamb, and we're clean. And because the way we fight with the flesh, our spirit man and the flesh are continually at war, and sometimes we make mistakes, we start to question. Am I clean? Am I saved? Am I one of his? That internal struggle that we have is there because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit wasn't there, you felt guilty. You felt bad about what you did, but you had no victory over it. You were a slave to sin. Because the Spirit is present. Is why that war is raging. The flesh is still going to be there until God gives us a new body when we go to be with him or when he comes for us. But we are to continually walk by the spirit so we don't satisfy the desires of the flesh. And when we fall, we get back up. We present ourselves to Jesus and we're still clean because the power of his blood says you are clean and you are washed white as snow no longer get dirty the way you were in the past that cleaning is once and for all to show you that in the text before we leave when Jesus Wash the disciples' feet in chapter 13 of the book of John. It read this way. It reads this way. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And when it was time, 
for supper the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing, you don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. And Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, catch this, but also my hands and my head. This is what Jesus said. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet. But he is completely clean. You are clean. But not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. Know this, saints, the power of Jesus' blood to clean is once and for all. We're going to have struggles with sin. We're going to have to battle the flesh. That is why we need to be in community together. That's why we go to church. That's why this is not the best format for us to meet. It's okay for today. We need to be together. We need to be in his word. We need to be in prayer because we need our feet washed. But we don't need our whole body washed. Once we are washed by the blood of Jesus, it's once and for all. Because, like the song says, it will never lose its power. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story with this leper this outcast had nothing he could do but die in his miserable state. But in a last ditch effort, he came to you and presented himself and said, are you willing? And you said, I am willing. Be made clean. And immediately it was done. We thank you, Father, that you've done that in each one of our hearts. We thank you, Father, that someone listening today is being cleaned by you right now as they call out to you, say, are you willing? And you said, yes. Because of the work that you have done on the cross, God, Cause of your blood that was shed. Cause of your skin that was tore open, Lord. Because of the crown of thorns that was placed on you, Lord. You sacrificed 
as the Lamb of God for the sinner, for the payment of our sins, and for those that come to you humbly asking you to heal them from this sin-sick disease, you would make them clean, Lord. As they repent and turn from their sins and commit themselves to you, you will fill them with the Holy Ghost, Lord, as their comforter, as their counselor, as the strength to walk with you and be obedient to you, God. We thank you for that. For that one who you've cleaned instantaneously this day. And we thank you, Father, for us as your children walking in your way, Lord. Sometimes stumbling, sometimes falling. But knowing even when we fall in the mud and get up. We can only get up by your grace. We are still clean. Help us, Lord. To walk out our days in obedience. Not as this man who started to do exactly what you told him not to do. But let us walk in your will and in your ways, Lord. That you would be pleased with your children, Lord. That you would help us when we struggle, Lord. That you would encourage us. That we would know. That we are secure in your arms, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we want to show you that we love you through our obedience. But it is only by the power of the Holy Ghost that we are able to be obedient, Lord. And that internal struggle that goes on is evidence that we know you. That we're yours. Because when we were walking in this world. We didn't care about those things. Sometimes we felt bad, but it wasn't the same thing. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that reminds us of your words, that comforts us, that leads us, that strengthens us, and that keeps us from being captive to sin. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that has covered us made us clean. We give this day to you and we thank you for what you've done in each one of our hearts and the reminders that you have given us because of your precious word. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.